Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I am Mr. Craigers, and I'm going to be one of your hosts this evening. And I'm Ms. Melmoyne. I'm going to be the other host. Fancy that. And tonight, this is episode 47. And today is... Friday the 13th! Craig's a big fan of using sound effects and audioscapes on this podcast. I, just, I love the Chi Chi Ha Ha's. The Chi Chi Ha Ha's are my favorite. You know this. And so it's Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody, which means it's time for another Friday the 13th special. Which means that Craig and I are going to see it a stage tonight. <laughs> and also, while you're listening to this, we're going to be doing something very different yes. and not horror related. Yeah. But still very us. Um, so, yes, we're one Friday the 13th behind on our... <laughs> Um, schedule of the Friday the 13th specials, but that's okay. I mean, it's not like Friday the 13th are going to stop at any point. So we figure you guys will be all right with it. So we'll be covering 1982's Friday the 13th Part 3 tonight. Um, but before we get into all of that Jason goodness, let's do some horror headlines. Yeah. What has been going on? Well, I saw uh, the other day that uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed is now going to be turned into a TV show on sci-fi. That sounds like I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I want to say sci-fi. But I could be wrong. Give me like three seconds. Well, while you're doing that... There was something... So, first of all... I guess I don't know why it mattered. I don't even know why this... Well, I was going to say, first of all, I didn't know A Quiet Place was getting a sequel. Apparently it is. Yeah. Um, But there is some interesting little um, fun indie horror stuff. Book of Monsters had a trailer that came out that's basically being described as, like, a a fantasy home invasion. (laughs) It's, like, basically these girls like on somebody's 16th birthday opened the aforementioned book of monsters and said monsters just invade the house so then they have to kill all the monsters so it's kind of like a slasher except they're doing the slashing and the invaders are the, and the invaders monsters are monsters i like it yeah i like everything about it sexy yeah oh and so it is 84 as well oh sorry and Summer of 84. Oh, yeah. Summer of 84. Looks really good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, I was just going to confirm. Yeah, <laughs> it is going to be on sci-fi. Um, and so that will be an adaptation of the Clive Barker story. Um, the uh, original movie was released in 1990, um, which is about a, a man who um, is pulled into a world of monsters after he's framed for a series of murders and the monsters decide to help him get revenge on the killer that framed him. Speaking of that, not that it's necessarily (laughs) horror, it's more true crime, but it was revealed that they are trying to charge a new suspect in the Teresa Halbach murder. 
Yes. Which those of you who watch Making a Murderer will know that Stephen Avery and his nephew Brendan Dassey were uh, indicted and convicted of the murder to, you know, very controversial responses from everyone, uh, essentially. Uh, you can watch Making the Mur- Making a Murderer for all the details on that if you don't know it. But essentially what they're saying is that Brendan Dassey's older brother is a legally viable suspect based on 599 pages of evidence uh, that was repressed by the prosecution during the original trial. But the real twist is that I have 601 pages of evidence <laughs> on know, like Ms. You couldn't just get- on Miss Mel. It was I. It was I. Um, was I even born? When did this happen? <laughs> yeah, that's how much of a twist. <laughs> um, yeah, you couldn't just get one more, like a footnote to like push it to six hundred pages, <laughs> right? Just like just real quick, like a little like, like coda, a, a nice title page or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Just um, really big. The evidence against. Yeah, Uh, yeah, like we used to do when you were trying to like push your paper and you'd start the title like halfway down the page. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, that's that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got we got a little bit for the horror people. We got a little bit for the true crime people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, there's a, still a lot of chatter about the new Child's Play TV series that will be happening. Apparently, there's also going to be another movie along with the series. So I knew about the TV show, didn't know about the movie. There's going to be another one, so stay tuned for that, uh, you guys. Um, yeah, so let's dive on into the um, meat of the episode, as it were, right. or the huevos rancheros. I had brunch. <laughs> <laughs> Is what he's getting at. Of the episodes, everybody, make sure you're not under a ladder. Make sure there's no black cats crossing your path. You're not out at a camp anywhere. and You're you- not at any camp in New Jersey, or just to be safe, just don't go to New Jersey. You know, Jersey. and it's funny because there is a Voorhees, New Jersey. Not far from me, actually. Did we ever find, did we ever discover if that was named? I looked. I'm not after seeing or any evidence of it. Um, um, New Jersey. <laughs> Everything's legal in New Jersey. Voorhees Township, New Jersey. It's in Camden County. Um, it, no, it's named for Foster McGowan Voorhees, the governor of New Jersey. Governor. Governor. He was the governor from 1899 to 1902. He wishes. I, I mean, it's, yeah. I, it's there in the... <laughs> <laughs> We've got receipts. <laughs> receipts. Receipts. All right, well... Whatever. Let's talk about a very different Voorhees. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, for those of you who are new to the show or um, don't know or remember, our Friday the 13th specials are whenever Friday the 13th pops up on the calendar, Usually about we take a, a Friday the 13th movie and we talk about it. We started like a year and a half ago Something like at that. this point um, with the first Obviously. One, of course. Last time was part two. You know, we're just going to keep going. 
uh, until we get to Jason X. Until we finish things out um, with Jason X, or technically we'd finish things Freddy out with Jason. Technically, the remake. Oh, with what's his face from Supernatural? Yeah, the moose, the moose man. I know him as the the moose guy. Moose. Padalecki. So, there's Paul a long. Ducky? Something like um, that. Jared Padalecki. Padalecki. Yeah, you were close. Padalecki. You can have a cookie if you want. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So Friday Thirteenth Part Three. Let's do this shit. But first. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part three in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part three in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th was released in 1982, one year after part two. And the big thing um, about Friday the 13th, and one of the big things that everyone shits on Friday the 13th part three for, is that it was in 3D. Friday the 13th 3D. Friday the 13th 3D. Now, 3D was, of course... I didn't know if we were going to talk about this right away or lead into it, so I'm glad you just went for it. (laughs) I'm just going I'm ripping this Band-Aid off because I feel like there's no way around it because every time I watch this movie again, and I've probably seen it like 12 times, but I just watched it again last night. Every time I watch it, I'm amazed at how many awkward, ridiculous 3D moments there are. (laughs) Oh my God, there's so many in the 80s. There's so many. 3D in the 80s. Yes. So 3D was not new of its to movies and to film by this point. It had been done first in really huge in the 1950s. But 
at this time, it wasn't really in vogue anymore, and it hadn't been for a while. And Friday the 13th Part 3 was actually the first major um, studio release to use 3D in the 80s. And then after that, there was an endless parade of 3D movies throughout the rest Sounds of familiar. the year. So we can either thank or blame Friday the 13th Part 3 well, for it's, that. <laughs> it's the same thing with My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah. As a contemporary analog. That definitely kicked off a, another wave of. Um, it wasn't as long as a, the wave in the eighties. Now it's was... just assumed everything's going to also come out in three D. <laughs> like it could be anything, and it's also in three D. You just you couldn't leave your house without, you know, your blue and red red glasses, glasses. Doctor Jacoby <laughs> style. You were not gonna make it. Um. So. And because um, this gimmick was used, right, this ploy to boost ticket sales um, by using a 3D, the focus during production became more so on staging scenes for 3D effects than it did on story, or developing characters. <laughs> or literally anything else. <laughs> or literally anything else. Um, like which is Jason not... makeup. Can we... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Can we just real quick talk about the Jason makeup and, like, the special effects? And just... They're special. So... <laughs> so, in part two, Jason has scraggly hair. And it looks like, like when he it's revealed and the bag gets taken off, he's he like definitely does not have most of his right ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of his right ear. And then in part three, which we find out in the opening scene, takes place the next day. He's a monster. He has no hair, <laughs> and he has both of his ears back, and his face has done a complete like inverted <laughs> thing. <laughs> and I'm like. What happened to him in the last 24 hours? Jason was reeling after the events of the previous film. Reeling after Amy Steele uh, kicked his butt and escaped. She just literally rearranged his face. She was like, no, none of this. Um, Now, Amy Steele, who played our final girl, Ginny Fields, in part two, the original plan was to bring her back for part three. Sort of in like a very Laurie Strode type-ish uh-huh. um, role. But um, she declined. And so... Well... Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so much, if not all, of part three was rewritten. But we can still see uh, vestiges of um, what was intended. Because this movie opens by replaying the ending of part two. Um, just because, because, I guess. In case you forgot a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. In case, um, yeah, I guess, I guess they didn't trust. I mean, well, there was no Wikipedia, so. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell happened? What the hell happened in the last one? Well, they'd be super first? confused when they saw Jason's face. And they're like, oh my God, what did I miss? Yeah. So. 
<coughs> so let's walk through part three. So after we uh, do that, <laughs> yes, um, take care of business with uh, replaying the ending of part two where Jenny pulls her child psychology on Jason and uh, wins the day. Um, we find ourselves at a uh, small town woodsy grocery store with, operated by middle-aged married couple Harold and Edna. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and they had this, you know, crotchety, cantankerous relationship and she's trying to get him to eat healthy and he's sneaking donuts from the store and she's got her curlers in and he has his little pet bunny <laughs> and uh edna is watching tv and she sees the news report about what happened over at crystal lake the previous day or that day that evening and we see that Ginny makes it out alive, and she's like, oh, my God. And then she sees that someone is lurking around out in the laundry. And this is one of those, like, classic 80s slasher scenes where you, someone is lurking in the diaphanous laundry, right, out on the laundry line. And I'm like, let's, let's get back to a world where there's laundry lines just everywhere you go. I have friends who have laundry lines. Not, like, everywhere you go, but, like. I mean, like, I feel like the movies I watched growing up made me feel like I was going to encounter laundry lines a lot. Like, they also made me think I was going to deal with quicksand a lot more. Yeah. I was going to have to stop, drop, and roll a lot more than I've had to. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. A lot going on there. Yeah. So, um... Edna's freaked out. Harold discovers that someone has killed off his rabbits. Yeah. And that makes him sad. Totally and so weird. to get over his sadness, he goes and he takes a shit. And <laughs> while doing so, in his, in his outhouse, he is dispatched. Axe style. Axe style. Blah. <laughs> 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 Which, of course, leaves poor Edna alone. And she um, does a little bit of investigating at the strange noise, tries to find Harold. Of course, what and she ends up finding instead is a needle through her neck. And, um, or her head. She'd get for knitting. It goes I, through her, I think it goes through her mouth, doesn't it? Her, through her mouth? Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I think so. he, like, yeah, he, like, pushes it through, and it, I think. Yeah. Right, yeah, and happens. I think they make it like a 3D thing. Yeah, it's like it's coming at you. Coming at you. And so our little prologue is over, the couple is dispatched, and then we get these like baller, <laughs> like 80s techno theme music credits, which I love. I mean, say what you want about this movie, but like the score? <laughs> it was doing the Terminator score before Terminator. Like before eight Terminator. years before Terminator. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty fucking great. Now, then we find ourselves with our new crew of teenage hotties. Oh yeah. Our new um cast of characters. And we open up on a 
you know, on a street in suburbia and we see these kids playing baseball and we've got the baseball bat coming at us out of the screen. Because, you know. Which, <sighs> yeah. And like, have you ever noticed that that kid that's holding the baseball bat, he's like, he's holding it at waist level. He's like making you think he's bunting, but like. Yeah, but he's not. And he's just standing there. And like the other kid, like, hasn't even thrown the ball yet. They're just standing there. So you can notice the baseball. I'm like, who holds, who the hell holds a baseball bat like that? Um, he thought he was playing golf. He thought he was playing golf. And so a van pulls up on the street and our, full you know, of smoke our, and. Full of smoke and music and loud noise and general. Teenage rowdery, and outpour our new characters, and among them is Chris. Uh, she will become our final girl, played by Dana Kimmel, and um, her uh, her friends Debbie and Andy, who Debbie, are dating. Debbie, 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 you whore, you whore, who are dating, and Shelley. Uh, Shelly played by Larry Zerner, who um, did not have much of a career after this movie, <laughs> but is interestingly like one of the better actors among the group of kids, but whatever. You know. Yeah. And so they're pulling up to this house and they're picking up their friend, Vera. Vera. I know somebody in real life named Vera. Really? I don't think I've ever met a Vera. She's like old. She's like my dad's age. Oh, so that's you know about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Vera is played by Catherine Parks, who a lot of people will know from uh, Tales from the Dark Side and um, Three's Company and um, a bunch of other things. classic '80s things. And uh, Vera is we're um, told that where she's being matched up with Shelley. Uh, Shelly, who is, uh, he's, he's the prankster of the group, but his pranks are often ill-received and not funny. <laughs> just bad pranks. And they're just not good. Um, and then, with, uh, so Vera has a not great reaction to meeting Shelly, and then the van is on fire! <laughs> it's all that but, weed they were smoking. But yes, back. yes, the van is not really on fire. What is happening in the van, Miss Mel? <laughs> Bombs! Bongs for days. Two of them, to be exact. Yes, we meet um, our stoner characters, Chuck, um, who is like this Tommy Chung motherfucker ripoff sort of guy, uh-huh. and his girlfriend Chili. Chili. <laughs> and they I are also know hot somebody boxing. in life named Chili, but it's a dude. Chili. It's um, a nickname. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's um. There's an American dad, Roger. He's like, it- they call me chili because I got ice in my veins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different type of chili. A different type of chili. So, um, and so everyone's like, oh, you guys. And they pile into the van and they head off into the countryside and they're having a good time and they're passing the blunt around. Although, chili. Passes the blunt to Andy with the the burning tip first, like, like a dick. And then, yeah, and then he grabs like the lit end of it, and I'm like, that's not how you do that. No, I, chills. Yeah, so they're headed out 
towards Crystal Lake. And on the way, they see a police car with its sirens blaring behind them. And they think that it's coming for them. They're paranoid stoners. Because they're paranoid stoners. And so they proceed to scarf the weed. And everybody <sighs> in the van just, just straight up starts eating marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like a scientist. So like I don't know like the exact effects of like straight up ingesting marijuana plants. I feel like it's probably not great. I feel like it's probably not good, but they eat all this marijuana and there's we see that there's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but it does not affect any of them for the rest of this movie at all. It's funny because, like, all the shit that happens actually happens, right? Like, they, they see that dead rabbit, and it's really there. It's not the marijuana. <laughs> you know, they get attacked by a killer. That's really happening. It's not it's the really marijuana. happening. It couldn't be the marijuana they ate, although I'm sure if you tried hard enough, you could make an argument that this entire movie was a marijuana-induced fever dream. I mean, would you really have to try that hard? I mean, if yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I could even, like, pick on the whole face change thing as, like, my prime piece of evidence that this is clearly a marijuana <laughs> dream because his face changed. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so, yes, the marijuana is downed. Um, only for our heroes to have the police car speeding past their van not interested in them that's not the goal um and then everybody goes ah <laughs> we're not getting pulled over whatever we just ate all i need um where is the police car going well they're going to the general store they're going to the general store to retrieve the bodies of harold and edna and while our heroes are rubbernecking as they go past the store they all that's a big pet peeve of craig's hate it so much it's just like we could all be where we need to be faster because <laughs> um, while they're doing that they almost run over Abel Abe's Abe's and Abe's is the new Crazy Ralph <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Ralph who you'll remember from the first two movies is now too dead to be our harbinger of doom and so Abel takes his place yeah. And if, while they're checking to see if he's all right, because they almost ran him over, he's like, I have this eyeball. <laughs> I got it from over there. And it freaks everybody out. <laughs> yeah. But not enough to cancel the trip. Because our heroes now arrive at um, Chris's uh, family's summer cabin. Higgins, Higgins Haven. Haven. <laughs> I want to be one of those families that puts, like, a really tacky name outside one of my... One of those families. So our heroes arrive at Higgins Haven. And this is where, where we meet our last member of the group, Rick. Rick. Who is Chris's ex-boyfriend. And um, we meet him when uh, Chris sees that the door to the cabin is, is unlocked. And she goes inside and then she's grabbed and she's thrown into a wall. By Rick. Do you feel start- like Rick looks older than all of them? He looks so <laughs> much older. It looks so like much- it's her uncle is also staying at the cabin. Mm-hmm. It's Uncle Rick. I have never seen that actor. Um, 
Paul Crack, I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know your story, but he definitely looks like he her looks father. Way older than the rest of that. <laughs> there's, hey, our our theory though is there's always that one friend who yeah. is ready to start their 401k. Yeah, who looks like a fucking adult. Yeah. When you just ate an entire car full of weed. Yeah, Literally. but it doesn't bother. It's a mad show. You know when you just you know eat unprocessed marijuana plant stems and all stems and all. We, there's like still some dirt on it. There's a bug. There's a bug. He's having a great time, too. but there's a bug. Sure. So Rick is there, and he's making out with Chris, and then there's we get all this. There's lots of very problematic stuff with Rick and his. Not age. quite grasping the concept of consent and his age. <laughs> and, and Rick's thing is that he's basically swanging around his blue balls for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get Chris to get back together with him. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> our heroes, they start to frolic. Chris is being very responsible and she goes to start unpacking the bags from the van and then Shelly scares her. Grabs her hand, which has always made me laugh because (laughs) he's out of frame behind the door to the van for us. So we don't see him. But to her. But to her, she would see him. So why does she jump? Why wouldn't she see him? (laughs) I love it. Because she, oh. too, has extreme close-up vision. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And so, it's so, it's, and it's lots of fun and frolicking here at Hagen's Haven, which is on Crystal Lake, of course. And we get some establishments of our relationships, but they're not super important because none of them really get developed. Yeah. Like, we get these weird drops of character development like chili has asthma and debbie is apparently pregnant debbie is super pregnant super (laughs) pregnant with andy's baby but neither of these things ever gets revisited so i guess we won't dwell on them too much um everyone's having fun but suddenly there's a scream from the cabin and they run inside and there's shelly Lying in the closet with an axe in his head. But is it really an axe in his head? No. No. It's a prank. And once again, it's not ill-received. It is ill-received. Or it is ill-received, thank you. It's not well-received. It's not well-received. And for some reason, this makes Vera decide it's time to go to the store. (laughs) (laughs) This is dumb. I'm going to the store. She's going to the store, and she's not going to take the van, Chris's van that they drove up in. She instead goes to Rick, and she's like, can I take your car? But you know what's funny? She's like, I need to go to the store now after this happens, but she brings Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, Shelly goes with her. Oi. Um, okay. So. They do a little Gatsby car switcheroo. <laughs> Gatsby car switcheroo. And they head on down to the store. Not the general store. Once operated by Harold and Edna, RIP, they go to a different store. And what happens there, Miss Mel? 
I don't know if like bikers were a bigger thing in the 80s than they are now. But some like Mad Max folk. But by the logic of almost all 80s movies, apparently they were. The the cast of Road Warrior rolls up into this convenience store and um Shelly good old shells um makes the clumsy mistake of knocking their motorcycles over he sure does um which they're not super impressed with nope Um, and they kind of like threaten them a little bit in the store they're in leather and chains and one of them's really tall um, I love I love the bikers because their whole like threatening thing they're like is about having polite manners. Yeah, like they like when they say make sorry. when they make yeah when they make Vera say please and Shelly say sorry and all that and I'm just like oh it's Allie Fox and Loco are our bikers. Yeah, by the way. that's right. Yeah, Allie Fox and Loco. Yeah. Um, the polite manners gang. The polite manners gang. <laughs> um, so uh, also the the. The, the title credit music is playing in the store. <laughs> you know. <laughs> makes me giggle. This is what it is. So they kind of like are up on them and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They have a kind of a confrontation. Um, and so like the bikers, I guess, are like not even a red herring because obviously you know like who the villain is, but they're like our most immediate threat because yeah. they follow them. I, well, I guess they follow them. They sh- like they show up later at Higgins Haven, right. um, where they siphon gas out of the van, and like attempt some casual arson. They do attempt some casual arson. Their plan is to burn down the barn. Yeah, that is on the Higgins Haven property. Because manners. Because manners dictate. <laughs> they have been scorned and they have been denied their duel, so they must <laughs> go and siphon gasoline out of a vehicle and use it to commit arson. By the laws of etiquette. <laughs> this cannot stand. And um, by this we need no barn. <laughs> but unfortunately for them, the barn is not vacant. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Um... Our good pal, JJ, has been um, roughing it in the barn, although for him, I imagine it's just, you know, a Tuesday, Um, and just straight up pitchforks two of them. I forget which is which, but two of them get pitchforked. Um, Fox, who is the girl. Okay, yes. She gets pitchforked through the neck. Um... He like imp- or and he, she's like hanging. Oh, yeah, or one like, of those like the the cliche like stick. Up yes, yeah. exactly. And that always is great because they give her when Loco finds her. She's like she has the artistic like bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, but she's not bleeding from the wound in her neck at all. <laughs> and well, like, it oh. should be said that while all this is going on, there's teenage frolicking in the yard as well. There's teenage frolicking while this is happening. In bathing suits. In the shade, though, she's, like, weirdly not in the sun. She's, like, oh, she's like sunning under a tree. Debbie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Andy's doing the yo-yo Yeah, the thing. yo-yo thing. The blue yo-yo. And it, like, it literally smacks her in the head, and, she, and she's just like, 
stop. And I'm like, that would hurt. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm pregnant. Don't hit me with a fucking yo-yo. <laughs> Goddamn yo-yo, yeah. Um, so those two get four. I was going to say forked. So I guess that checks out. They get pitchforked. Um, and the other one gets beaten with like a pipe. Yeah. Or something, some metal, heavy metal. metal in the barn. Item. Um, so yeah, the plan to burn down the barn... Those well. are rot. <laughs> they've, they've made a mistake. They've made, it hasn't quite played out the way they anticipated. No. Um, so we're going to, you know, and then we cut ahead to that night. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the fun begins. Bless you. I Thank saw you. you about to sneeze, but then you didn't sneeze. Did I ruin it with I, my bless you? Oh. No, it's cool. I, I kind of did like a silent thing. That <laughs> silent hoof. A silent hoof. Um, the quiet hoof. So, dainty. This is like where they attempt to make like some kind of like character something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. like they try to like turn it into a. They're like, let me explain why these teenagers would go out into the woods at night. Is right. Yeah, because we power through, like Miss Mel said, to nighttime. Jason. You know, after he's killed the bikers, he needs a bit of a cool down. You know, maybe like a quick power nap. Yeah. So really he doesn't hard. bother the teens for the rest of the day. And it's nighttime. And so Chris and Rick take, they go off. They take Rick's car and just go off into the woods. Yeah. Because and she has to confront her fears. <laughs> she has to confront her demons because we've, we've gotten these, we get these, hints and da 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 throughout the movie that Chris is, has, hasn't been back to her family cabin in two years and she's a little nervous about it. And so while she's out in the woods with Rick, she, she tells him about why they broke up two years ago and why she's been scared to come back. And it's because the last time she was here, she got in a fight with her parents at the cabin and so she ran off into the woods and fell asleep. Okay. It's like a good Disney princess. Yeah, she's trying to pull a Snow White. And then she was awoken um, by a, a deformed man who, who attacked her and chased her through the woods. And, and then something happened and she, she can't remember anymore after that. She just knows that she got away. So she's got this trauma. And now she's, she's confronting the trauma. It's funny because they rewrote it, but did they really... <laughs> they were like, oh, it's just, it'll be Chris just, instead. Yeah, instead of Jenny, yeah. And so Rick is like, oh my God, Chris, you never told me. We should fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we should fuck to make it better. Make it better. You know, more or less. Yeah. And while this is happening, we cut back to, we cut back to the cabin. We cut back to the casual handstands and stuff. Casual handstands are going on. Um, Andy, his beer hands standing. He he and Debbie are enjoying their hammock together. Mm-hmm. And while Debbie gets a shower after their relations, Andy <laughs> wash that shit off. Walks on his hands because it's fun. The actor could, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
He said it on his resume, and he followed through. And he followed through, and he's going to get some beer, and Jason is there, and he says, no. <laughs> no, you're not, we're not doing this. You're not going to do that. And he cuts Andy down. In half. And, um, then Debbie comes out of the shower, and she assumes Andy is getting her beer, so she climbs back into the hammock, and then she's killed from below. Knife style. Knife style. Um, in a callback reference to Kevin Bacon's death in the original yeah. film. Um, and so the couple is dispatched with. And, uh, and well, the unborn the- child, don't forget. <laughs> no. Jason's it was a triple out. homicide. Yeah. Um, so, and then now, outside at the lake... Which, by the way, was not a real lake. They just dug a hole and filled it with water. Um, Shelly... to nature doing that for them. Um, Shelly... Well, Vera is sitting down by the docks and she's trying to enjoy the night. And then Shelly, in what had to have been a very thought out, like his, like his deep level marine prank, like bursts from the surface of the water... With a harpoon and a, <laughs> and a diving mask and a wetsuit. He is in a wetsuit. Wow, this is committed. He's also wearing a hockey mask. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, good God, Shelly. <laughs> and, there's, and there's kind of a moment between Shelly and Vera. And we get a little bit of development. And... Um, Shelly goes off and he's had an embarrassment again. And then Vera, for some reason, has his wallet and drops it into the. Shouldn't she, like. She got it from somewhere weird, though. She, like, went digging for it. She takes it from his clothes or something while he's yeah. changing. I remember. Casual, I've seen this movie a thousand times and I just still miss it. And she drops it in the lake and she's like, oh shit. So as she's going to get it, that was my spear gun sound. Someone comes back wearing the hockey mask and Vera assumes that it's Shelly, despite this person having a completely different body type (laughs) and weight and height and wearing different clothes. And oh, this guy is bald. (laughs) But no, it's probably Shelly. It's in one shelly. of his his complicated long con pranks, <laughs> he has changed his form. <laughs> He's changed form. I mean, we see the pranks get more convoluted as the movie goes on. So, I guess that fits with the arc. But alas, it's not Shelley. It's Jason. It's Jason. And he fires the harpoon gun right into Vera's eye through the back of her head. Killing her, making her the first kill Jason has performed while wearing his now infamous mask. Um, It is also the only kill in the franchise where Jason shoots somebody. He shoot knives. He shoot knives. You want to think of it that way. Right in the the eye. Historic all around. So... Our cast of characters is slowly dwindling. Now, back in the cabin, Chili and Chuck 
are trying to make dinner. <laughs> I'm trying to make dinner. I'm trying to make dinner. But the power goes out. Yeah, didn't so somebody get fuse box? Did that not happen yet? Yeah, this is... Okay. Yeah. And so Chili sends Chuck down to the fuse box, or out to the fuse box, wherever it's located on this property, to deal with that. And then Shelly stumbles in through the back door into the kitchen, and his throat is slit, and he's bleeding. And Chili just kind of keeps putzing around the kitchen, getting ready for dinner, because she thinks it's another point. Like trying to make dinner. Which, I mean... I guess in the end, like, maybe that's something for Shelly to feel good about. He wanted his friends to think he was a good actor. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she thought he was being very convincing. But, um, no, it's not an act this time. Um, Shelly is really dead. When Chuck gets to the fuse box, Jason, you know, electrocutes them. Then returns to the house where he briefly... Pursues Chili before hot pokering her through the abdomen. Poke. Poke. Poke, poke, poke. Um, and it is at this point that Chris and Rick finally return oh, to the cabin. We mentioned that, like, Shelly got super murdered for that hockey mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I remember I was saying that he got the hockey mask, but I was like, yeah, he super slashes Shelly's neck open. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Takes his like, costume. He's just kind of like, I need this. This is I, this is mine. This, this is mine now. You had a drum man. I guess you brought the kid a drum. Get <laughs> <laughs> a drum. So Chris and Rick finally make it back to Higgins Haven because Chris's or Rick's car battery uh, died while they were out on their middle of the woods backstory flashback trip. And they get back to the cabin and they notice that no one is around and all of the lights are off. And this is very concerning to them. Why are Chili and Chuck making dinner? Why are they making dinner? This is why we brought them up here. <laughs> They're the only ones who know how to make dinner. They're the only ones who know how to make dinner. And they start looking around and then the wind starts picking up and there's a storm coming in. And then... <gasps> What happens next, Miss Mel? Dun, dun, dun. Well, there's an axe involved. There sure is an axe. So, attack. Attack, <laughs> attack the block. Attack the block. So, movie, there's like, way. yeah, no. So, like, um, we go out, we're looking, we're seeing what's going on. Jason does a nice, you know, skull crushing, you know, like, what's his face to like the mountain to, to friggin' Oberon. Oberon, dear God. Tell. Um, still a very disturbing scene. So he, um, with his bare hands that so don't scene. forget that Vera could mistake for Shelly's hands. Shelly's hands. <laughs> Crush Rick's head. Yeah, I mean, like eyeballs popping out. Yeah, no, it's 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 classic eighties head crush. It is. It is a eighties head crush is a good band name. There you go. Don't that's trademark pending. Trademark <laughs> and copyright. Yeah. So, um, basically, this leaves us with Chris. 
out on the grounds who, you know, has a history apparently with Jason or something. I don't, you know, whatever. So, um, she does that thing that people always do where they get out of the house and they're being chased and they head for the car, uh, which breaks down (gasps) immediately does not work. The gas is gone. Because they siphon the gas to try to burn the barn down. You'll remember. That's why that whole... <laughs> as, as you'll recall. That whole 15-minute sequence was important for this. Man doesn't work. <laughs> because it has no gas. Does that work? Um, so she does the next smartest thing she could possibly do and goes to the barn. <laughs> to the barn, Chris. Um, where, shocker, you know, she is once again beset upon by Jason. Mm-hmm. Um... So she does that thing that all all great final girls do where she fights back. Uh, and she gets Jason kind of strung up a bit. And basically, um, <laughs> she's shocked to find out that he is the man who attacked her. <laughs> Super shocked. Like, she gets yeah. him unmasked and she's like, oh, it's him. And I was like, who else do you think? I mean, he's big. Yeah. Well, what else is going on at Higgins Hideaway? <laughs> I don't, you know. So for three that does seconds, rock her world, though. It does. She was like, "It was him, my trauma that we talked about earlier." So one of the bikers who's not quite dead um, does like pop up, and then is is dead again now, but is dead for real. This is just like eleventh hour numbers that <laughs> shit. Just like smacks Jason real quick and yeah. then dies, <laughs> and then is and then is dead for real. But it's enough of a diversion um, that Chris is able to get an axe into Jason's head. Um, yeah, and he like is kind of hurt by it. <laughs> <laughs> he like has a bit of a stumble and then he falls. Um, and then. In a callback to the first movie, Chris decides the best place to take a post self defense murder <laughs> nap is in a canoe in the middle I of the lake. I will never understand this decision. So she Whether grabs- it's Alice in the original or Chris in part three, I don't so get it. Chris grabs a canoe and paddles out into the lake and naps it out. Um, <laughs> Where she immediately has nightmares, shockingly, after this ordeal of being attacked by Jason again. And she sees, like, the the Norman Bates version, Norma Bates version body of, of Mrs. Voorhees, mm-hmm. um, like, coming at her from the lake, kind of like the boy, Jason, from the first one. Um, and... Similar to the first one, she is retrieved by police and shaken and traumatized and walks away. They get her, they fish her out of the lake and walk her away from Higgins Haven. Higgins Haven. Higgins Haven. Um, we get a lingering shot on Jason's body, on the lake. Mm-hmm. All this great stuff as we fade to... Fade to black. Part four, eventually. <laughs> eventually. But part three was originally planned to be the final installment of a trilogy. Yeah. But of course... That's why he gets axed in the head. That's why he gets axed in the head. And, um, you know, there's nothing like the thing like where the killer's body disappears, you know, a la 
the end of Halloween or anything like that. I know. No. We we linger on the body. Yeah. Um, of course, Hollywood is a thing. Money is a thing. So this was not the last movie in the franchise, and, and things kept going. Yeah. Um, but that was the original... Uh, it's funny because, like, intense. the next one's the final chapter. Right. But then there's a new beginning. And, and there's then there's part- Jason Lives. And then there's Jason Lives. <laughs> right. And then there's New Blood. I think Jason Takes Manhattan is a... Jason Takes Manhattan, part eight. Um, Jason Goes to Hell, mm-hmm. the final Friday is mm-hmm. part nine. The second movie to have final in the title. <laughs> and then, of course, the tenth movie is Jason X. Jason X with his chrome dome mask mm-hmm. in space. Eleventh movie is the Nightmare on Elm Street crossover, Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. And the twelfth movie in the franchise is the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. And that's <laughs> where we are. <laughs> that is where we are and where we're headed. Now, obviously, just even from describing the remaining movies in the franchise, we can all tell that the Friday movies become progressively more ridiculous yes. as they go on. I mean... Eventually, we get up to the point where Jason takes a sabbatical to go to New York. To take Manhattan. And then he's in space. Um, and this, I think, might be the first seeds of the ridiculousness, right? Yes. It's only because of the 3D um, element here. Because, as I mentioned, so much of the movie was... Um, focused on the technical, making as many 3D shots as possible. And the story definitely suffers because of that. Yeah. Um, Because everyone's just randomly thrusting things at the screen. (laughs) Um, And, like, oh, sorry. Well, and it's, like, too, like, they rewrote it, but they, like, barely rewrote it. Because it's, like, you can see where this would have fit in with, like, Ginny's, like, story and where we were going yeah they were like oh we'll change the name and vaguely make a different backstory and and make it work call it a day yeah Mm -hmm. and because of that and the 3d like we lose so much like these characters are really flat yeah um and they're you know we have our stupid hippie couple because uh, we and we know that because they're wearing tie dye, and, and one of them's named Chili. <laughs> and one of them's named Chili, and one of them has a really shaggy beard and a headband, and they smoke pot, and, and they ate like, pot, and they say, "Whoa, man, let me get my head together." And yeah, so I think in part three, we see the Friday the Thirteenth franchise find what will be from now on its formula. Yeah, the stock characters that we start to enjoy watching die because they either annoy us or we don't care enough about them. Um, our innocent survival girl, uh, final girl character. She wasn't pregnant. She wasn't pregnant, like Debbie. Um, the weekend of debauchery. Uh, well, of course, our our. First of many crazy Ralph stand-ins with uh, yeah. apes. 
There's always one. Yeah. So I think this is, um, what's interesting though, is the addition of the bikers. It's so like out of left field, but it's also very in keeping with like, like eighties aesthetic. Like that's what I feel like it was. It wasn't even so much like, Oh, there's bikers and they're dangerous. Like, no, it's like, this is something in the, this is like, we're into this right now, you guys. Like, this is the look, this is the thing. Like, this was the, you know, it's like, I'm trying to think, it's like us putting hipsters in, in movies, maybe? Like that oh, type yeah, deal. Maybe. Like, it was just like, like the 80s was kind of like a big time to be a biker. Because you had like Mad Max and like leather and that look was in. Like, Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Um... Didn't Greece come out in the eighties? Or was it the seventies? Seventies. Seventies. But um Yeah, no. The, yeah. The bikers, man. But they like literally that's it though, right? Like they don't look like bikers the way we would think of them. They look like caricature, but like they do look like something out of Road Warrior. Because <laughs> yeah. the one has got like a necklace that's just literally a big chain. Like and yeah. you're just wearing it as a necklace and it's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, now, of course, though we might knock part three, many of us out there. But, I mean, I still like part three. Like, I have a, just like a simple. I mean, the, you know what's funny is like the biggest thing, my, my always, my big takeaway part from part three is Shelly. Like, the, he's just the thing yeah. that I always remember or think about. And I think about like that scene in the convenience store where he gets like accosted by the bikers. When Vera's like, I need some money. Give me your wallet. And I'm like, you were going to go to the store on your own. What were you going to do? <laughs> if you didn't have him down. And then Shelly throws his wallet, and the wallet is in 3D. I'm like, this is probably the only movie in the history of movies where a wallet comes out of the screen at you. Well, talk about the most boring 3D effect ever. I tossed somebody my wallet in the convenience store, but we made it 3D. Ooh. No, but I agree with you. I like the convenience store sequence, too. And, like, the, the cliche thing of, like, knocking over the biker spikes. And yeah, then they're coming to get... Which... Talk about some serious revenge, though. Like, their bike's got a couple scratches, so they're going to commit arson. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to burn the place down. Tense. The 80s was a lawless world. <sighs> it's a lawless land. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, the big thing that came from this, obviously, is the hockey mask. The mask. And that's right. the thing that we always reiterate that people forget about this series is that it happened in pieces. Like Jason isn't even really in the first one. If you want to count the attack at the end as him being in the movie, then yes, he's in it. But most people don't consider Jason being in the first one. Mm -hmm. He's in the second one with a bag over his head. He doesn't get his hockey mask until this movie. Yep. It's yeah, this is kind of also it's interesting that they intended this to be the end because in a way this is really the beginning yeah. of what we think culturally of Friday the 13th and of Jason Voorhees cuz now he's kind of complete in a way, right? Yeah. There's sort of still like we have to attach that element of like the unkillable factor to him still because he's still relatively I mean it takes Chris a good couple tries to kill him in this one, but he does 
in the original world of this movie die eventually. Yeah. Um, and, and eventually as the series progresses, we see that he'll become like zombie Jason and you can't kill him. You can just sort of inconvenience him. <laughs> like I said, he stumbled when he got axed in the head. Yeah. It took him a minute to well, figure out. He's like, oh, maybe I'll lay down. She literally hangs him from yeah. the second floor of the barn. Yeah. Like, and he's just chilling there. Like, how did his neck not snap? How did, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but we get some cool kills. The spear gun is cool. Yeah, the spear gun in the eye. And the eye is cool. The way uh, they, after he, like, axes what's-his-face, handstand boy, doesn't he, like, oh, put yeah. him in that weird, like... Yes, in the rafters. He puts him up in the rafters. Like, he crunches him up in, like... Yeah. In, a, in, like, a knot. And that's, like, what alerts Debbie to, like... Because it was, like, the cliche blood drips on her magazine or whatever. And she looks yeah. up and she tweaks and then she gets stabbed. Well, and of course, it takes her half a minute to look up. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Right now she looks up and then she gets stabbed. Yeah, that's cool too. And that's like um That's probably one of the more graphic things of the early Friday the thirteenth. That is pretty graphic. And um Rick's death, the head squish. Yeah. It's pretty graphic. Yeah. Um Yeah. And I think there there's some some cool touches like after uh jason kills vera um you know with he has the spear gun and then he just kind of drops it on the dock and Mm. scrolls away and i like people are always like why wouldn't he take it with him he's like already just this like dumb lumbering beast and i'm like but he wasn't he wasn't that yet like developmentally as a character like i think that makes him more look like he's not in any particular hurry to kill the rest of them he's drawing it out he's playing with them still which is kind of a cool sinister touch that might not expect in a movie that doesn't appear to have as much thought put into it as the first two um, in the series Um, well it's kind of like in halloween when he was still just the shape. And it was like, there's a methodology to this that I don't understand, but it's yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> freaking me out. I'm not a fan. Um, and there's, there's some good dark humor too. Like when it's just down to Chris and she's still in the cabin and she's running around and she's trying to close all the windows because the wind is like a factor, Big I guess. Wind. Keeps blowing them open. She's just like, oh, Rick! Rick, I wish you were here! And then Rick's dead body comes crashing through the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me as Jason. Yeah. What could I possibly do in this moment to make it better? Throw him through the window. <laughs> Throw him through the window. Here he is. <laughs> well, here he is. So, <laughs> I think I think there are definite moments where you can find, and for me, I, you know, just growing up watching all of the franchise, really. But this one, I feel like I remember, seemed to always be on as a kid, or it was yeah. always 
connected, like get my cousin's sleepovers. I feel like they always put it on because it's the hockey mask one. Like it's the first hockey mask one. Because I feel like this is the one they always end up playing around Halloween too. Yes, part three is on a lot on uh, AMC usually. So I I have an attachment to it and I'll give it a watch if I stumble across it usually. Um, so... So yeah. Um, anything else you want to add, Miss Ralph, about Friday no. the Thirteenth, Part Three? No, I mean this is also where we're just kind of like severely veering off from that original story and mythology. Not even veering off from it, but it's like it's a it gets less poignant every time we go. <laughs> we're about to go to a very curious place. No. Which is fine, you know, it's just a different, it becomes a different type of, like, film series. Um, And they're both fine, like, if you look at them in individual parts. But I do always love the thing in the first one. Just the twist and... Yeah. I don't know, I'm very, I always get, if I get nostalgic about Friday the 13th, it's for the first one. Well, of course. It's a classic. It's a classic. Um, this film did knock E.T. down in the box office when it came out, for the record. Oh, yeah. Same year. And it was only second to Poltergeist in grosses uh, in horror that year. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, wait. Grosses overall? Poltergeist for that year. Highest grossing over E.T.? No, it knocked E.T. out of the box office when it came out for that year in horror. Poltergeist was oh, the I, highest I, grossing followed by this. Sorry. I got you. I got you. Oh, that's... I'm kind of impressed that yeah. Friday the 13th was second to Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, and 1982 was a big year for horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you had this. You had Poltergeist. You had The Thing. Um... Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. <laughs> uh, uh, Amityville uh, 2. Oh, Cat Possession. Pe- Cat People. Amityville 2 actually has some really creepy parts. Oh, God, the Cat People remake. Um, creep. Did I say Creepshow? I think Creepshow is 82. Creepshow did come out in 82, yeah. Um, yeah, there was, was a, a lot. Crowded, it was a crowded genre that year. Yes. Well, good on you, Friday the 13th, Part 3. Yeah. All right. Well, if you would like to talk to us about your attachments and opinions regarding Friday the 13th, Part 3, or anything other horror-related, Miss Mel's going to tell you how you can get in touch with us. I can, and I will. So you can tweet us at SplatterChatter666, minus all the vowels. If that is too difficult for you, you can just type in SplatterChatter666 with the vowels. We are the first thing that pops up, probably the only thing. You can email us at SplatterChatter669 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at SplatterChatter666. You can follow us on Tumblr at SplatterChatter.tumblr.com. Uh, you can find Mr. Craig's blog, splatterchatter666.blogspot.com, and Mr. Craig's will tell you about the Patreon. Yay! So our Patreon page can be found at www.patreon.com slash splatterchatter666. And once you go to www.splatterchatter666.com, 
patreon.com slash splatter shatter 666 you'll be able to find <laughs> all sorts of information about the show how was it born where did it come from information about miss mel and myself information about um what we hope to accomplish with the show and what we hope to accomplish with your possible donations as well as our three tiers um for donating levels and the various perks that would come with your um lovely donations we would um be very grateful for any and all support that you guys might be willing to send our way now if you're not in a position where you are able to commit to monthly uh, financial support to the show, you can still support us in other important ways, such as leaving a rating and a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We would love that just as much as a $1. Let us know you out there, yo. Yes. Um, That would be great. Let's talk Jason. Let's talk Hockey Mask. Let's talk Chili. Chili. Cooking dinner. <laughs> Cooking dinner. So we are going to wrap things up for our third Friday the 13th special now. Um, we have all sorts of interesting things coming your way for the rest of the summer. Be on the lookout for the return of Booze and Booze among <laughs> our upcoming episodes. Oh, yes. Um, and until we meet again, my friends, have a happy and safe Friday the 13th. Stay out of the woods. Don't go to New Jersey. Nope. Don't Keep go to up. lakes. <laughs> Don't go to lakes. Don't go to general stores. And or don't go to Higgins Cleveland. <laughs> or convenience stores. And be nice to bikers. Yes. And while you're doing all of that... Be sure to keep up the creep. And until next time, we will say au revoir, adios, and das vidan.